Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a new episode of TV Gold. This seems like yesterday we were on Andrew Mercado, but there's already been a sort of a uh, wave of new programming drop this week. We're going to be looking at Masters of the Air on Apple TV+. Plus. We'll look at Maryland on BritBox uh, with our favourite Saran Jones. And then we'll finish up today with uh, Expats, the new Nicole Kidman uh, drama, which is on Prime Video. Welcome back, Andrew. Let's start with uh, Masters of the Air. Yeah, hi, James. Uh, this is the new $300 million series that apparently had a lot of trouble getting made. It bounced around from network to network, obviously concerned about the price there. That's a lot of money for a, what, a 10-part series. And of course, this is the last in a trilogy, which is Saving Private Ryan, uh, which was the movie, the Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, Tom Hanks came on as executive producer to make Band of Brothers, which I think was made for HBO back in the day. So we've had The Land, we've had the... See, uh, and now we've got the air with this TV series. And look, you know, huge special effects here. Like even in the first five minutes of this, um, they're bang straight into an air battle and it's young guys uh, doing this crazy aerial work uh, and running a mission against the Germans. And look, if you are into war history, this could well be one of the shows of the year for you, but I'm putting my hand up, James. I'm not into war history, and I this show is not for me. I acknowledge that it's really well done and that lots of people are going to like it, but I have no interest in watching it. Sorry. This First of all, this looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. Such a great job. I could just watch the trailer for this a few times. It's so just so cinematic um and i don't know if that's uh we say that but tv's a lot of tv's now is as good as cinema isn't it so yeah yeah it's, it's not really a compliment to call it cinematic anymore but this looks as good as anything you'll see on any platform right yeah so yeah looks fantastic um i i had a bit of a feeling like you did i was i was watching the first episode and i thought look this looks great Special effects are wonderful. Mm, is the story going to engage me? And But then I had a bit of a wake-up call. And I'm looking at the synopsis. And I'm thinking, mate, this is World War II. It's a very important story. Yeah, yeah. I would. I don't would like to think that people aren't going to forget about this period in history, which is, you know, it's going to be 100 years ago soon. Yeah. It's already passed 100 years ago for World War I. Um, so I think we need to keep having this story told. Um, and there's no doubt that this is the story of heroics, that these guys put themselves in crazy, uh, dangerous situations uh, and did so without a second thought about doing it. Uh, yeah, it's a really important story. And I think that there'll be a huge audience for this. And people who love war history, I think, will really love the the care that's been taken with this. And anything that Steven Spielberg is involved with, uh, you've got to take a bit of a look at. But, you know, I was really disappointed with that last movie that Steven Spielberg made, The Fable 
Islands, which was about his family. It was two and a half hours. It was overly sentimental. It could have run for 90 minutes. And it was the first time in a long time that I've watched the Steven Spielberg show and gone, oh, you know, not quite on top of his game anymore. But I'm sure together with Tom Hanks and, and getting this out there, he's only executive producer. There's a whole bunch of other, you know, creatives uh, making this uh, a, a show to watch. Yeah. Yeah, but look, I, I, I go back again. Look, it's an important story. Um, the the Americans came over to help stem the, the rise of the, you know, to defeat the Nazis who were trying to, invade England. They'd already taken a lot of Europe. Yeah. And this is the eighth Air Force. And as you say, look, they were just, they went in and they just did it. They didn't, you know, worry about their own danger. And and I guess it's historically going to be pretty accurate, I would imagine. You would imagine, yes. Um, so, you know, that that first episode, well, I mean, I was thinking, God, thank God we won the war because the, what the the pain these people went through, you know, the, yeah. the danger they subjected themselves to, the um, fatalities that um, the the Nazis and the Third Reich inflicted on the um, the US and the the UK forces, particularly in that war, sort of above the above the English Channel, if you like, and that um, part of France and Germany, it's just horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be a real. And for people who maybe aren't into this history and, and are interested by the subject matter, I mean, you've got in that first episode, you've got guys, w- w- one guy having to do the the navigation who suffers from air sickness and keeps vomiting into bags. And then today, I was reading that the planes were basically tin. That people almost got frostbite in the planes. It was so freezing cold. And you know, they're being shot at uh, in these really flimsy machines. Uh, Machines. Yeah, there's no doubt it's massive, massive acts of heroism. But am I going to watch this for 10 hours? Personally, I'm not. Um, but people who love this type of thing, they'll be loving every minute of this, Jones. Yeah, I get it. But I, I just don't think it's – you could dismiss it and say it's warmongering, you know, but I, I think it's more than that, you know. I think it's an important story. I mean, it's got a pretty good cast too. Austin Butler is there. This character's called Buck, another one called Bucky. That's yeah. Callum Turner. Barry uh, Keegan or Keoghan um, is Curtis in this. Um, gee, how hot's he at the moment? You know, yeah, he's kind of just in everything, isn't he? Go Saltburn now, and well, yeah. you know, and this on top of it. Yeah, and then of course Austin Butler. It, it takes a while for you to go. This is not Elvis. I mean, he's so very Elvis, isn't he? And it he talks takes like a Elvis, while for this. Yeah, you're kind of going. It's Elvis. It's Elvis flying a plane. It takes a while to. Spanish Elvis and go, no, he's a cowboy from Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, but he does. He's got that drawl, hasn't he, like Elvis yeah. does a bit in this. So that that's interesting. Okay, so look, Masters of the Air. Um, yeah, look, it's going to take you nine or ten hours to get through all this. So um, you, you need a bit of time, and that's on Apple TV+. Plus. Maryland, that's where I'd like to go next. Look, there's only three episodes here, so it's – Bit of an easier watch. It's on BritBox. And before I ask you about uh, Maryland, sadly, BritBox has just put up their prices too. Like all streaming services are doing it. BritBox has gone up a dollar if you pay by the month. I think it's gone from $9 to $10. The annual price, I think, has gone up 10 bucks. It's still a good deal. But, you know, BritBox, it's a platform I like. 
and but I think it's a platform you can dip in and out of, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of repetition there, right? They've got a lot of shows on BritBox that you can get on other providers. And, you know, if you're watching 7-2 and UK TV and ABC, a lot of these shows are being repeated there as well. So there is a lot of uh, stuff that they do. But, you know, they are making, like all good streaming services, they are making their own local dramas. And I certainly think they are going to score with this one. I think Maryland is terrific. Yeah, it is. I was surprised. I'd heard some so-so commentary about it, but I'm not sure why it took so long to get here. I think it was on ITV or ITVX in the UK back in May. So it's taken a little while to get here. Not that I'm complaining we haven't got enough to watch, right? So yeah. yeah. If it takes a couple of months to get here, I'm I'm sort of okay with that. But look, the big attraction, Sharan Jones as Becca, Eve Best, who's carved out an amazing career as her sister, Rosaline, um, they they are the mother. They find out their mother's died. Um, that's how the series starts. A, a, a body's found on a beach, which turns out to be in the Isle of Man, and there's a phone call, and I knew straight away when the phone rang, I thought, hello, I bet this is Saran Jones' mum. Right, yeah. Yeah, and turns out it was. So these sisters have been sort of... Um, Estranged in estranged some way. Yeah. I'm struggling for. Yeah. They've been estranged. They they sort of get on, but they never talk much. They are, I think they hardly ever see each other. They're suddenly, you know, confronted with their mother's death, which turns out to be quite mysterious. And mm. they learn we start and unfolds in this first episode. She had a bit of a, a double life that yeah. um her husband, their father, and them never knew about. I know, and so interesting. And what I really like about this is that it's just a character study and there are no assassins, there are no serial killers, there's not even a murder. You know, it's just a small family drama, a character study of these two sisters that have, you know, many reasons uh, dating back to their childhood as to why they're not close um, and these issues keep coming up and they, they keep losing their temper with each other, even though it's really important that they band together and, and do the right thing for their mother who has just passed away. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting watching those uh, two women navigate each other and the ghosts of their past. And then, of course, you've got these these friends of the mother that are also around in this yeah. community that clearly hold some clues and some information as to the mother's double life, including bizarrely Stockard Channing as a kind of a American woman who's living in this community and is, is a bit of a drug dealer. And I'm not quite sure if I trust her yet. She seems to be holding on to some secrets as well. But, yeah, it's just uh, a very uh, slow drama. But I found it absolutely riveting. I didn't fidget in my seat. I didn't pick up my phone and think, I wonder what's happening on social media. <laughs> I was absolutely on board with this for the full two hours. And I'm dying to see the the third episode and see how it all wraps up. Yeah, I haven't seen it all yet. That wasn't any plot spoiler from you, was it, when you said there's no murder? Well, I don't think there is a murder, not what I've seen over. The sisters are a bit suspicious about why their mother died suddenly. 
Yeah, they are, but I think it's it's. I, I, I don't get that there's a murder going on here at all. Um, yeah, I don't think it's that sh- sort of show. We're not watching Midsummer Murders. We're watching the story of two sisters trying to find out the truth about what happened to their mother. And it looks to me like the mother died in circumstances that the police would describe as not suspicious. Oh, really? That's what the vibe I'm getting at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm, I'm with the sisters. I'm still a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I want to, you know, I think we will find out some definitive um, answers in the third episode, I'm imagining. But I, I'm sorry, I'm not ruling anything out in this <laughs> investigation, uh, Andrew. Now, the cast, Saran Jones, we all know the, the great work she's done. We're fans of her work. She's Becca. Eve Best is uh, Rosalind or Rosalind, um, House of the Dragon. Uh, Nurse Jackie, we've talked about before, her great work in that. Oh, I love and, Nurse Jackie. And um, and she was Carol uh, Middleton in The Crown, the, the pushy mother. Yes, of, uh, Catherine yes. Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. And, but not, not a very flattering portrayal of... Uh, Princess Kate's mother at all, I thought. <laughs> it wasn't, was it? She was no. uh, quite the pushy, um, quite the pushy mother, sort of making sure that um, Catherine, you know, crossed paths with uh, Prince William. But she's a very dynamic actress. You can't yeah. take your eyes off her on the screen. And I thought that that kind of, you know, romance that could be brewing with the taxi driver that drives them. I think, I think the fact that he's attracted to her, I think is really because Eve Best is such an incredible presence on the screen. And because you see, Sharan Jones is playing against type here. She's playing the kind of uptight sister, the slightly neurotic one, the one that's yeah. a bit of a dag, the one that feels badly done by. She's not at all the confident one. She's letting Eve Best take that role and and she's playing against type, which, again, I find really, really interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. And um, George Costigan plays Richard, Mary's husband and father of the two girls. Um, Happy Valley, he's been in, he worked with Sharon Jones in Gentleman Jack too. Right. So there's a connection there. Oh, yeah. I think he might have been Gentleman Jack's father. Could he have played her father? No, I don't think No? Okay. No. But, yeah, so, yeah, no, it's fascinating. I, I'm with you. Yeah, look, I, I really enjoyed this. And at three episodes, it's not a daunting thing on your schedule going, oh, look, where where am I going to find the time to knock this off? Uh, Maryland, three episodes on BritBox. And, it, you know, it's, again, it's a, you can, nine bucks, it'll cost you a month. You can dip in, watch everything you want to watch, and then make sure you unsubscribe before it, it keeps ticking over. And, you know, at three hours, that's still shorter than a Martin Scorsese movie. So, yeah, we like these three-part dramas on TV, in and out. Uh, look, our, our final program today is um, Expats. Yeah. Video, six episodes, uh, notable for Nicole Kidman. Um, well, she's in nearly every scene. She really dominates this. She's a, you know... Well, no, she's not in every scene. She's in a lot of scenes. Yeah. Certainly the central figure in this one. So, yeah, this is a kind of, a, a, I don't know what I was thinking with the, what the, this show was going to be about, you know, because I try to go in completely blind. So I don't watch trailers. I just go in and that title, Expats, it was like, oh, it's going to be about, you know, 
all of these people living in Hong Kong. And of course, then we get there and I discover, oh no, it's about obscenely wealthy, rich expats that, you know, note though they still don't quite live in luxury because nobody in Hong Kong, people live in like almost broom closets. There's barely any space there. So even though these people are obscenely rich, they still have a fairly modest uh, arrangements. And of course, for that first episode, you know, we've got Nicole Kidman playing the sad, grieving mother, the the tense one, the neurotic. And I don't know, that's a, that's a Nicole Kidman performance I'm not very, very fond of. I much prefer it when she plays, you know, the slightly crazy ladies, you know, the ambitious woman in To Die For, the mad wellness expert in that, you know, show we watched last week, Strangers, Perfect Strangers. What yeah. was that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah we just watched that where she played. Yeah, I, I, I like those Nicole Kidmans. I'm, I'm, I'm less here for, you know, I'm a sad, grieving mother. Um, and then in episode two, we flashback before this family tragedy and we see happy Nicole and then we see this incident, um, that has caused so much heartache. But yeah, I'm, I must admit that uh, there's so much time spent on these rich women. And of course, she's got a friend who lives in the building with her, who's trying to have a baby, who's having problems with her husband. So there's a lot of stuff about them. And then you've got this Korean uh, expat who is involved in this family tragedy. She's kind of narrating the story. And then when you get to episode five, James, there's this episode that zeroes in on the maids that are looking at, looking after these rich women. In particular, they're mostly Filipino and it's tied into recent Hong Kong history. And well, uh, you know, I kind of am more interested in watching that story than I am about watching the rich women. Um, so, yeah, it feels to me like the balance in the show is a bit out. What did you think? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I went to a preview of this where Nicole Kidman spoke in when must must have been late December. She was there with husband Keith Urban and also I think Alice Bell, the screenwriter and executive producer, they got up and spoke a little bit before the episode screen. The interesting thing about why I bring it up is they made the decision to show episode five. Really? As, as a premiere? Correct. Yeah. Wow. Well, the episode five, I believe, I've, I've started watching it, but I haven't finished it, I believe is 90 minutes long. Yeah. Well, it's sort of movie length. And wow. they they explain, look, it is very unusual to do this at a, a preview screening when nobody's seen anything, but they said it's sort of, in a way, it's self-contained. Standalone, yeah. Yeah, and they wanted to show a whole, you know, thing with some structure, not just an episode that might leave you completely hanging. But even in that episode five, you are left wondering a few things. Or so what's happened to the kid? You 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 don't know. You and even you don't find out in the first episode. So something happens to one of the children. She's. Um, living in Hong Kong. She's married to a, I, don't, I presume he's a Chinese guy, but his parents, I think, are in, in the US. Correct. They live in America. Yeah. And um, they sort of, she's had enough of Hong Kong and you get the feeling she wants to go back, but he's about to maybe sign a new contract and he wants to stay a bit longer. He's enjoying the good life there. She's a bit over it, but she's got three children. One of them, something happens to them. At, and you don't find out in the first episode what it is. No. 
to every scene, I'm sort of hiding my eyes going, oh, no, something terrible is going to happen. So uh, you do find out, I think, in episode two. You do. What what happens. Um, but, yeah, look, it's slow. It's a real slow burn, if you like. Um, but I, I was I found it quite intriguing, and I'm sort of looking forward to, to watching the rest. Yeah, look, I cheated because I watched the first two and didn't love it, thought it was okay. And then I heard uh, Winley Maher on Radio National talking about this fifth episode and how it was focusing more on uh, the domestic uh, help, the maids, and I thought, wow, I'm really interested in that. And so that's why I've started watching that. Um, so, yeah, I might do a bit of a sneaky on this and uh, – Jump to the end. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I've seen two plus episode five, so I've got to watch three, four, and six. So I'm halfway. Yeah. I think I've done the hard yards. I'm 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 happy to uh, let it roll out, and I I quite like the um the character development you see in each episode, and I get it. It's you know we've seen this in a lot of Nicole Kidman's things. It's privileged uh, people you know, living the good life and the angst they go through. And, um, you know, she's so well off, she can afford to rent an apartment. I know, right? Where she goes and gets into a plastic bath. Yeah. And you're thinking, as if, you know. Yeah, and and, and cleans the floor, scrubs the floor, yeah. you yeah. know, is, uh, to take her mind off her grief. and Before yeah, she goes just, back to the luxury apartment. Yeah, 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 kind of bizarre. Where she has all that stuff done for her and you're going, well, I don't quite, you know, she's quite a mixed up character if she's doing that, you know. She's um but then she's been through some trauma, so I shouldn't be too dismissive, I guess, of what that could do to you, you know, that um the impact of uh one of your loved ones. Look, I, I understand why she's sitting in a strange apartment in a bath contemplating life because that family tragedy that happens she's partly responsible for that yeah. you know the, the yeah. what goes on there is what i would classify as not terribly good parenting um and so yeah if there, there's guilt involved in what's happened to her child i think she's wearing some of it I'm sure, but she's also blaming someone else as well, I think. Yeah, easy to blame another person, but she's uh, basically been far too trusting of a complete stranger. I didn't really buy this thing that she's on a boat, on this luxury boat cruise, and there's this, you know, Korean student on board the boat that does something quite crazy, by the way, jumps off the boat and does something quite dangerous, swimming after it, and that, that somehow Nicole Kidman, oh, look at you, where are your clothes? Come over here. Oh, Pat, you dry. Hi, meet my family. Oh, yeah, you can become my new best friend. I was like, really? That just didn't feel quite believable to me. And then to like say, you know, I'm just going to ring you up out of the blue and we're going to go somewhere crowded and you can be in charge of looking after my kids. I didn't really buy that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, I, um, we've got to be careful with no spoilers, of course, but I don't necessarily think it's bad parenting what happened. I think you could be a good parent and still that could happen. The, the exact thing that she suffers from, you know, yeah, I, you know, I see myself, I had kids and I think, well, that could have happened to me at, um, at a particular time when I wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't being attentive. Just not paying attention, just looking away for 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. All right. So, look, we've I've forgotten about this the last two weeks, and you reminded me last week, show of the week. Yeah, the show of the week for me is Maryland. Uh, just such a surprise package that something so simple could be so, so riveting for me. So, yeah, I'm going the the small three-part series you can watch on BritFox Maryland. Yeah, look, I've been deciding this as we've gone through the episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm torn between, um, well, there's merits for all three, but I'm torn between expats and Maryland. In a normal week, I'd just give it to Saran Jones. <laughs> but I think, no, you've got to earn it. And I I just think I'm going to give it to expats. Okay. I'm going to watch that episode, finish episode five and episode six. And if it's got a good ending, I will report back next week. Okay. Um, yeah, look, there's a lot of good work's gone into this. I, I'm quite impressed with the, the, the photography in Hong Kong. It's interesting if they filmed all those demonstration scenes in Hong Kong. Do you think they would have? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's a whole controversial story to the making of this show during COVID and mm. personal exemptions for Nicole to fly in, in, in uh, on her private plane and avoid quarantine and all of this. And, you know, the Hong Kong uh, press wasn't uh, very positive about this experience. But I'm with you, James. The most interesting parts in this are, you know, the, the, the scene shot in Hong yeah. Kong with all the apartments and, yeah, I'm more interested in seeing how they live their lives. I want to be out there in those lives and seeing that than, you know, being in the luxury restaurants. Uh, you know, I'm much more interested in that side of things, yeah. And I find it interesting too as someone who's spent a bit of time in Hong Kong over the years wondering, can you really go back and enjoy it anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's an era that's sort of gone. Um, so I, I found all that side of it interesting. And the Aussie connections there too, you know, Blossom Films, I think Nicole Kidman's company was the, involved in the production. Alice Bell, the screenwriter from, she worked on The Beautiful Lie and The Slap. So, yeah. you know, that's enough for me to sort of put tick the box. But, yeah, there's certainly, the others have certainly got things going for them too. Yeah, totally. Have you got anything else with um, you want to leave us for? Yeah, time? I wanted to talk about the second series of The Gilded Age, which okay. uh, has been delayed and is now finally screening on Paramount+. Plus. It's in its second series, and it, look, it still isn't quite getting there. You know, it's basically Downton Abbey by two, two incredible houses in New York City with two lots of you know, downstairs staff. There's a lot of characters and there's a lot going on and I'm never quite sure that it's coming together. But I did want to point out that they have done the most appalling impersonation of Oscar Wilde um, because they've had this party where the great British playwright, you know, or Irish playwright, o Oscar Wilde comes over to America and he's played by a short camp acting actor. And this is just so completely wrong. Oscar Wilde was physically a giant of a man. You know, they used to talk about how he could pick up two guys from the pub who were drunk and carry them home under his arms. He was that tall. And just to have this really like, it was almost looked like a Truman Capote type man, this man being really 
you know, acting quite, you know, flamboyant. And it was just like, wow, that's a terrible Oscar Wilde impersonation. What was Rupert Everett not available? He's tall. Let him play the role again like he did in that movie. So, yeah, kind of disappointing that they're getting that stuff uh, not so wrong. But, yeah, Gilded Age, it does look beautiful. It must be costing Paramount Plus a bomb to make that show. I'll be very interested to see whether or not uh, it's got the audience figures to justify a third series right okay yeah yeah i never got very far with the first season i must say i think i one or two episodes and i just sort of i don't know dropped out yeah it's kind of about nothing i i get why you drop out it looks impressive you know looks beautiful spend a lot of money on it but you you need a bit more don't you <laughs> yes you do all right andrew look thank you for that great talking to you as always um, don't forget Andrew writes for Media Week, uh, the Media Week Morning Report. Um, remind me, what did you do last week? You wrote about Prosper. Oh, didn't you? Yeah, Prosper and Boy Swallows Universe and Total Control. Yeah. Uh, this week I'll write about Maryland because I liked it so much. And I'm also loving a show we're going to talk about in detail next week, which I'll uh, allude to in my column this week. Feud, uh, which is the new second series of the Ryan Murphy series with an incredible female cast, Demi Moore and Diane Lane and Naomi Watts. And yeah, it, it actually is the Truman Capote story. And wow, it's going to blow your mind, James. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. All right, Andrew, we'll speak again soon. Thanks, James. Have a great week. <laughs>